Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. As we head into the holidays, we hope that you are wrapping things up this week and taking some time for yourself with friends and family over the next couple weeks, picking things back up in January. You deserve it. We are running a repeat episode this week, and it's getting harder for me to pick them. I'm always drawn to the exact same episodes at this time every year, uh, the ones that I feel everyone needs to re-listen to, to really kickstart the new year. So today you're going to hear Kimberly talk about getting good at what she practices. And she's going to go over both the good and the bad things that she's been practicing. This episode aired earlier this year. I think Kimberly mentioned right in the episode that one of the most common reasons our members, or often past members, book an urgent coaching call with her is that something went wrong on a project and it needs immediate attention. And nine times out of 10, it's because either a step was missed or changed in some way. When we first launched Business of Design Online, going back 10 years now, uh, we decided to offer the BOD systems and strategies as a membership. And it was a long debate before making that decision. Why? Uh, Because we knew that it wasn't enough to just take a course once. You need a constant refresher and reminders to stay in process. How many times have you gone to a conference or attended a seminar where you're not provided with sort of the the repeat of that after as sort of a digital recording of it and you walk away super motivated but there's only a few highlights that you can recall well enough in enough detail to really make those changes in your business you can't possibly absorb everything you need to really implement based on something you watched three months ago that is just now relevant to your business. This is when you need to make that change and you can't quite recall every single detail that was told to you. You need those constant refreshers and reminders. So many members do only a few large projects each year. Uh, Sometimes these projects themselves can take two years to complete and, and and more of our members are sort of moving to that business model. They want fewer clients, larger projects. But that means there could be months between learning the BOD 15-step project management strategy, implementing those systems on a real project, and then repeating them on a second and third project. It really can be months, sometimes years apart. You need to be reminded of the systems and procedures on an ongoing basis. And even after 30 years running a successful design firm, uh, Kimberly's going to share that she still needs those reminders too. And for her, teaching business of design uh, is what keeps her accountable and reminds her of those systems. Before we jump into this episode, I want to invite you to hang out with Business of Design in 2023, and you have a whole lot of options. Please join us in Australia for the two-day intensive BOD 15 seminar hosted by Boyd Blue in Sydney on March 6th and 7th, or sign up for the BOD Elite Retreat in Charleston, April 27th to 30th. You can also find us at IDS in Toronto on January 20th, Las Vegas Market on January 23rd, at the Kohler booth at Cabus in Vegas on February 1st, and we would just love to see you at any one of these events. Please reach out to us on social or send us an email and let us know where you're going to be. We'd love to watch for you there. And of course, we would also love to see you inside BOD membership. We want to see 
all of our listeners make 2023 the best year ever, and we truly believe that we can help you make that happen. Get started at Business of Design and you'll gain immediate access to the BOD 15-step project management strategy and the complete BOD business model, which includes six foundational programs that provide you with the systems, strategies, and procedures you need to run a successful, highly profitable design firm. We don't do theory here at Business of Design. The BOD systems are yours to use and implement. Learn the systems, customize the downloadable forms and templates, and then implement the systems on real projects, working with real clients, trades, and suppliers. Okay, that's enough from me. That, that's my pitch for membership. Membership is my baby. I want to see you in there. I get to know our members really, really well. I'm your first point of contact uh, if you need anything, really. But again, enough from me. Uh, Kimberly is going to be back on January 3rd with a brand new episode, which means you won't hear from us uh, next week over the holidays. Um, but watch for that new episode on January 3rd. In the meantime, from all of us at Business of Design, we want to wish you a happy and healthy holiday season. Now over to Kimberly. Hello and hey there, you amazing interior design professional. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Kimberly Selden and this is Business of Design. Yeah, it's a business. It's fun sometimes, right? But ultimately it's a business. And what a business it is, huh? So dynamic, so challenging, so fast paced. I love it. I love it. But I love less some of the situations I find myself in where I have to act contrary to my nature. That's what I've been thinking about this past month. KSDG has had a very challenging month in some ways, and you're going to hear about some of the situations. Nothing horrible. It's just, gosh, why can't you just do what you're supposed to do and follow the script that I've got in my head for you? Right. So I've been thinking, as I said this month, about how it gets easier over time to be assertive, to state your boundaries and stick with them because you practice it, right? The more I do it, the more I feel confident I'm able to do it. We hear from you guys too, right? That when someone tells you a different way to maybe tackle a part of your project that sounds better, it can still be hard to actually make the changes because I get in a rut and a groove so easily. Once I've done something several times, once I've practiced something a certain way multiple times, I'll just stick with that way. Even if I know it's not the ideal way, I'll stick with that way because I don't have time or energy to push myself to try something new. So that's what we're going to talk about. I get good at what I practice. So what am I practicing on a daily basis, right? Am I practicing being assertive in a positive, strong manner with clients, with trades, with vendors, with staff? Am I practicing saying no, full stop? That doesn't work for us. Experience has shown me that is not the best way to approach this situation. Or, because it cuts both ways right, have I been practicing, well, okay, I know that isn't the best way, but let's do it your way. I'm too tired to fight. Whatever it is I'm practicing, I am going to get good at it. I'm going to tell you what I've been practicing these days, some good, some not so good, and hopefully in talking to you, 
my people, my tribe, my fellow interior design professionals. Did you think this podcast was for you? Oh my gosh, no. It's for me. Talking to you reminds me where I need to put my focus and attention. Having this conversation with you means I will be intentional this week and I will have the courage to practice what I preach. I know, I do a lot of preaching because some days it's just not easy, right? I feel you. And the great thing about this relationship is you feel me too. Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the world's best business training for interior design professionals like you. We have the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to consistently satisfy clients, increase profitability, and run your projects like a boss. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to hundreds of targeted training modules, plus member perks like BOD Live events, member-only podcasts, preferred pricing, and the support of an engaged community of peers. We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Like so many of our conversations, I love to process what's happening for me in my work life with all of you. Nothing's better than being in a room together where we can have these conversations and share solutions. This week, I have experienced something I haven't had to deal with in a long, long time, and I've had the opportunity to practice handling it in a different way. The situation is this. We have a client who is moving into a new house. Yay, that's wonderful. This house is not his forever house. In fact, in the next three years, he would like to tear this house down and build a new house, which is great news for us. We're going to be busy for some time. However, in the meantime, they need to move into this house, and so we have been very quickly renovating a couple of bathrooms and filling the place with furniture, furniture that is in stock and ready to go. The timeline is now, and in many cases, we've been able to meet the timeline, with a few exceptions, of course, due to delays and supply chain issues. Even those items that were quote unquote in stock have been delayed, a few items. Not a big deal. We're figuring that out. So here's the situation. This particular client happens to love restoration hardware, loves it, loves, loves, loves it. And in fact, whenever I propose something to them, he'll say, you know, I was looking at RH and I saw the following thing. This happened several times until I finally realized I need to just go with the flow. This guy wants RH, I'll give him RH, not a problem. We priced out a cloud sectional, a wardrobe, a few chests of drawers, all things that are in stock and ready to go. And when I presented the pricing, the client said to me, oh, there's something wrong because online here is the pricing. So, you know, Restoration Hardware has member pricing. If you pay, I believe it's something like $200 a year, you get this reduced pricing. Of course, who wouldn't buy a membership in order to save thousands of dollars? What I didn't realize until now is that trade pricing is the same as member pricing. 
So when we are sharing discounts with our clients and presenting them the price, the price is higher than the price they would be able to buy it at if they just become a member. So of course, rightly so, this wonderful guy says to me, that price doesn't seem right. I can buy it for this. And at that point, I had to decide what to say. Now, given our topic, I get good at what I practice, I knew this was my opportunity to deal with this head on. And so I said words to the effect, yes, you could absolutely purchase this product for less by doing it yourself and you're welcome to do that. However, the way we work, the way my business model is structured, I share discounts with my client. That means the retail price less the trade price divided by two equals a client price. If you want us to do the ordering and do the tracking and do the installation, then you'll have to order it through my company, but I'm fine with whatever you choose. Now, I know some of you are thinking, oh, I don't allow that. I have a clause in my contract that says they have to order everything through me, and I totally respect that. But the truth of the matter is I don't source from restoration hardware very often. It doesn't come up. But this is an opportunity for me to have this conversation head on. And in fact, the client said, you know what? I understand that. And you know what? Let me think about it because maybe it just makes sense for us to do the ordering. And so he went away for several days and came back and said, no, we've decided we want you to do the ordering. Is there anything else you can do in terms of giving us a greater discount that gets us closer? And here was another opportunity for me to practice something important. I was able to practice saying no no, I'm sorry, that isn't the way my business model works. It wasn't easy. But you want to know something crazy? One week later, I'm practicing the exact same thing with a different client. They moved into a new house. We specified a dining room table that we just love. It's beautiful, but it's 14 weeks out. Over the weekend, they happened to be in restoration hardware. They thought they really like this one table. Why not just do that table? Same thing happened when I told them what the price would be. They said the exact same thing. And I had to have the exact same conversation. And I noticed, you know what? It was easier the second time. I was ready for it. It was familiar to me and it went really well. The customer said, I totally understand that, but the thing is, I just spent $200 on this membership a while ago, so for just this one table, I would like to order it myself. And I thought, okay, fair enough. So did I lose? Did I lose because my position on this was different? I don't think so. I think the merit was in standing in my power, standing in my authority, and protecting the boundaries that I have in place. You know I say all the time, it's really important for us to put ourselves in the client's shoes. And if I were the client, yeah, I think I would like to save thousands of dollars by clicking a button and buying this table. In future, will I go out of my way to order restoration hardware? No. I don't dislike the company at all, but I prefer to do a more custom look. And as far as I'm concerned, they don't care about my business if the trade price is no different than the member price. I'm pretty sure they're doing okay and they're not going to miss me. On the other hand, I would never deny a client who just 
loves everything they do and loves that lifestyle and that brand, I would never deny them the opportunity to have that if that's what they really wanted. So in this case, it really wasn't about winning. It was about standing in my power, standing in my authority. And I don't think perfection, right? Practice makes perfect. I don't think perfection is the goal when I'm practicing a new behavior. I think the goal is greater clarity, greater confidence, and strength. Characteristics and attributes that protect me and my business. So I feel good about this situation. And you know, the more I handle tricky situations directly without justifying my choices beyond this is my business model, this is how I earn a living, the more confidence I feel as a business owner. And that's actually what made me think of this topic. There are so many times where we're in a situation and it seems challenging and especially when I was younger, it felt like I can't do this. I would just cave. And I would have said for sure, 15 years ago, I would have said, oh, no problem. We'll do the ordering and we'll just pass the entire discount on to you. But today I know that my business doesn't stay healthy if I practice that behavior. So there's two things I was able to practice in the last few weeks, saying no and being really clear, this is my business model, this is how it works, and standing my ground. Something else I was able to practice this past month. I think I shared a little bit about this on a previous podcast, the chandelier. I found a chandelier, which is absolutely perfect for our clients. And I think I initially told you it was $60,000. I was totally wrong. That chandelier is too large. They had another size. So it was $37,000. Now this is laughable because I got to tell you, $37,000 for a chandelier is still a lot of money, a lot of money, but it's not 60. So anyway, the $37,000 chandelier, I believe we put a picture of it in the show notes, but if we didn't, we will this time. It's stunning. It's perfect for their house. I did the presentation. They both went, oh my gosh, wow, hadn't thought about something like that, yada, yada, yada. The presentation is complete. The clients need a couple days to think it over. We circle back and she says, ixnay on the $37,000 chandelier and they need to cut some of the budget. What are my suggestions? So we went through the presentation. I made some suggestions that were pretty easy. There was a powder room that had a Holly Hunt wallpaper that was like $15,000. That seemed like a pretty easy cut. We'll do a beautiful dark paint color in there, and that's a $15,000 savings right off the bat. We lost Gracie wallpaper in the bedroom, which broke my heart because I really, really, really wanted it, Uh, but that's okay. I completely understood that the expense of that would have compromised other decisions. So yeah, so that was an easy one. So we were relatively easily able to shave $100,000 off, and then it came time to talk about the chandelier. I was able to practice doing something that I coach people to do all the time. Stay in your choice, stay in your confidence, stay in your expertise, and make case for what you presented. So I explained to my client that out of everything on the main floor, this will be the piece that 
everyone will notice and comment on. It makes the entire space better for being there. And I was willing to make other compromises in order to make it work. So she thought about it a little bit and a couple days later came back and said, you know what? The thing is, it's not actually even the money. Her husband just doesn't like it. It feels like a flower and he doesn't like it. So I lost the battle, but I was able to stay in my truth and I was able to push and stay confident that I had made the right choice and pre presented the right first choice. FYI, we found a lovely second choice that he is super happy about. So there you go. I can't say I'm not disappointed because I could picture this in photographs and I was so excited. But alas, I am really happy I pushed for it. I bet you have stories like that, right? I bet you have stories of things that were difficult, but you took all your courage and you went for it and it turned out well, or you lost, but you felt great about how you behaved, which is so different than how I would feel in the past when somebody would say, are you sure? I'm not sure about that. And I go, oh, well, you could also do this or this or this or this and thereby confuse the client totally. I love when I feel confident. I don't always feel confident in every single choice I make. I have to admit that. There are times when I've made the best choice I can and I couldn't think of anything I liked more and I would feel far less confident sort of defending those options, I guess, if you will. Gosh, if you have stories, I would sure love to hear them. Let us know. You come on the podcast with your stories. Everybody wants to hear from you, I promise. I'll give another example of something I got to practice this week, and it has to do with a vendor. I had a client who wandered into a design shop, and we had done a presentation for them uh, about two weeks ago, and they've been sitting on it trying to figure out what to keep and what to cut and that kind of thing. That happens sometimes. They're a little bit stretched beyond their comfort level. I suspect we'll come together and make some compromises, just like the example of the customer I spoke about previously. But in any case, she wandered into this really beautiful, exclusive interior design shop. Now, this shop is very familiar working with trades. I would say at least 50% of their sales come from interior design professionals. And we had already proposed some items to this client. She wandered in without an appointment and ended up speaking to someone who wasn't my sales rep. And I can't explain why, but that person gave her a different price for a table that I had proposed and gave her my trade price, which is fine. You can figure it out by looking at the proposal. It shows the retail price, the client price. So there is a way to figure that out. That shouldn't have been a shock. But then he went on to offer her a variety of other options for furniture all over her house at trade pricing. Wow, I do not know what he was thinking. So I had the opportunity to practice being assertive. I phoned the store. I asked to speak to the owner. He wasn't in. I asked to speak to whoever was in charge. And I ended up speaking with the person who used to be my rep, but has moved on to being a manager. And I explained what happened. And she was pretty mortified, said she would take care of it. Now, 
between us, I think this happens all the time. I'm not unrealistic about how often this happens. And this salesperson didn't know she was working with me. I presume she probably didn't say anything. But in fact, if you're going to present yourself as a resource for trades, then you need to protect the trades. The result of my conversation with the manager is an additional 10% off the item in question, which is lovely. And for those of you who are in boss talking about margins, for those of you who have taken the new program we have, Salary, Revenue, Profit, and Wealth, you will know that an additional 10% off can be a sizable gain to your bottom line. So I was thrilled with that and I was super grateful I had the courage, for me it takes courage, to be assertive, to phone the shop and say, I'm not happy about this, what are you going to do about it? Thankfully, oh my gosh, I mean this for the one millionth time, I am so grateful I am transparent about the fact that as a member of the trade, I get preferred pricing. I don't have to hide that. You just can't hide it. It's not possible. Not in purchasing furniture. I know contractors are able to hide it pretty well, but when you are sourcing this chair from this supplier, there's just a million ways your client can get the information. So Practice being upfront about that. It feels really good. What I practice, I get good at. It's really that simple. And so for me, the key is taking a pause before I answer a tough question or deal with a tough situation. Take a pause, take a beat. Think about what I know to be the right thing to do and then take action as quickly as possible. Of course, I said off the top of the show that practicing and getting good at it can be a double-edged sword. So I have definitely been practicing working too much. I have been leaning into work and enjoying how dynamic and thrilling and fun it has been in the past couple of years. And I have to say rewarding, that's a great thing too. But now it's time to pull back a little and put a little more attention on playtime, self-care, and connections with others. I'm finding I'm just squeezing in time with friends rather than giving myself time to really enjoy and appreciate those experiences. We all know life can change in a minute I can see sunshine out my window, so as soon as I finish recording this, I'm going to head out for a hike, which will be lovely. You, fabulous interior designer, let me know what you're up to, and would you please come on the podcast? We would love to hear your superpower, your strength, or talk about a problem you're having. In the meantime... Get out there and be mindful of what you're practicing because you're going to get good at it. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next time. Thank you for being part of the Business of Design community and supporting BOD's mission to improve the industry one design business at a time. It's time for you to take the next step and join Business of Design. Like thousands of design professionals in 50 countries around the world, You'll find the systems, strategies, and protocols you need to dramatically improve your business and transform your life. 
What are you waiting for? Start today. 